Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 76 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Todd Widener is here with me tonight. No Peter. There go all the listeners. But Todd, I'm happy to hear and see you. I'm good. I'm ready to head a little time off, but I'm back. If you are listening to us for the first time, you can get us on Twitter at AVG Cheese. You can email us avgcheese at gmail.com. And breaking average cheese news, we now have a website www.avgcheese.com remember folks it is a work in progress and i just started it today (laughs) people are gonna go to it and be like what the fuck what is this this? a six-year-old could have made it yeah it probably looks like yeah i did click on it peter doesn't know yet so we'll get him writing some stuff and we'll put his uh draft guide on there and they'll have some content so it'll be awesome right and if he has the handle IT Hedgehog, I mean, IT is like, he's the owner of IT, right? I mean, yes. so. Yeah, he should be the it. IT guy for the Average Cheese podcast. Yes, right, absolutely. Right. He should. We'll have yeah. to make that happen. He'd do a much better job than I would. I know that. Well, I'm sure that once he gets his hand on our website, it'll be a whole lot better than it is today. Oh, on God. February 7th, 16th or whatever it is today. Before I forget, thanks to Rhonda and all the folks at RM Management, and thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. I have talked to Dwight Todd about having new intro music made by yeah. Dwight. And so that should be season three. We ready for that too. Going legit. Oh, that's baby. right. That would be kind of cool to kick off season three with new music. Yeah, new mix. Like, what's it going to be? It'll have some hip hop flavor to it because that's what Dwight does. Right. We'll have a little bit, you know, I don't know. I have to sit down and have sodas with him yet. I still haven't done that. Yeah. Talk about what we want. Yeah, it'll be great. Looking forward to it. Maybe like two more episodes of this season. So maybe sometime in March, we will have new music and all those things will come around. Yeah, we got to kick off the whole, maybe for the draft, the draft show. Yeah. Great that idea. Might be, that might be good. Might be a good time to showcase it. And of course, Peter will be done with the website by then. And it'll be fully functional. And yeah. Ready to go. And real quickly, <laughs> before we get in, one more thing. I want to thank Ken Engels again for coming on last episode, episode 75. That was awesome. Yeah. I learned so much. And now I can sit back and when I see all the idiots on Twitter, I'm like, no, you can't fucking do that. You can't just trade Aaron <laughs> or any of those things that people say, oh, just sign Devante to the franchise tag and then trade him after that. So go back and listen to episode 75 if you haven't. Yeah, I listened it was to great. it. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk. Yeah. Let's. Thoughts about the Super Bowl? Full disclosure here. I only watched. Did I even see the end of the third? I don't know. It was something like that. I stopped by a friend's house late. And then I watched like the fourth quarter, which is probably about where 
everything kind of happened really. So I didn't see OBJ getting hurt and all that. Did he catch a touchdown and then he got hurt or something? He did catch a touchdown. He got hurt on a play just coming across the middle. Right. No one touched I, him. Yeah, I saw the replay. That sucks, man. It does. I think it was, that didn't look good, but at least he's got a ring. Yeah, and he just didn't if the rest his of his career goes in the shitter. He's got his ring. Well, they said that he he sprained his MCL or something like that. I think it was the same knee that he had hurt previously, so that's bad. That's yeah. not great. But, yeah, right. he won a ring, and he was super happy about it, and I'm super happy for him, too. Would I have liked to have seen him in a Packer uniform? Yeah, but I don't think he was ever coming to Green Bay. I don't think no. that he's a Green Bay guy. Right. You know, he's a Los Angeles, Las Vegas, New York. Yeah, big, big market, dude. Guy. Yeah. But I'm happy for Stafford. God, if there's ever a guy who did their time, man, he, he did a lot of time in, in Detroit. I mean, right. of all places. Always been a pretty stand-up guy, man. No troubles off the field. I mean, he, he's a good dude. Man, I, I was when I was thinking about him, too, earlier today, I was like, man, wonder who holds the most 400-yard-plus passing yard games against the Packers. I mean, if I'm guessing off the top of my head, I'm guessing it's Stafford. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. And if he isn't, he's got to be number two or three. I mean, he's just got to be at the top because it seemed like no matter how bad the Lions were every single season that he played there, whenever they played either in Green Bay or in Detroit or it didn't matter, whenever he played Green Bay, he threw for 400-plus. When I thought about the game, because I knew we'd talk about it a little bit on the podcast here, those weren't the two best teams in the NFL this year. It's the teams that get hot at the right time, win the games they have to win. I mean, shit, the Packers beat both of those teams this year, and that doesn't mean anything because they didn't beat the Rams when they needed to. They didn't play them, but they couldn't win the games when they needed to. I think there's probably four or five teams that think like Packer fans, like, Fans of the Chiefs, fans of the 49ers, fans of teams like the Titans that think, man, we should have won a Super Bowl this year. Right. We didn't, but we could have. It yeah. was that wide open. Yeah, I definitely, this year I had a bitter taste in my mouth, you know, about the Super Bowl. That's probably why I didn't really commit to watching it at all. For the second year in a row, it's kind of like that. I, I just had a really bitter taste in my mouth where it's like, this is the second year in a row. We should have definitely been in the super bowl like definitely so i mean there's a lot more to talk about that but it was just a bitter super bowl for me you know it wasn't as bitter for me i would not have watched it if san francisco would have been playing i just wouldn't that would have been too painful especially if i'd have thought they were going to win that wouldn't have happened one more thing in the super bowl i heard a lot of chatter that oh now matthew stafford is a hall of famer i can't get down with that very good player, Super Bowl champion, yes, not a Hall of Famer. And I know that I've said, like, quarterback win- wins aren't a quarterback stat. He has never been an all-pro. He's never making the all-decade team. Like, he's not doing any of those things yeah. that Hall of Famers do. He's not the best quarterback in the league right now, and it's not close. I would say there are at least four quarterbacks better than Matthew Stafford right now in the league. And if that's the case in his prime, can't be a thing, at least in my mind, (sighs) speaking of pro bowlers and hall of famers, the chosen one, Aaron Rodgers, may be single once again. Now I know we don't care about these things, 
but he looks like he's well, having another breakup situation with Shailene. And it, maybe he has stopped eating clay. Let's fucking hope and so. maybe that was clouding his judgment or something. I don't know. Where did you read that by? I was going to Google search that. <laughs> I don't know how many episodes ago that was where you're like, something about like she eats clay. Yeah, I don't remember where I saw that, you know, on the Twitters or something. So it may or may not be factually true, but it's funny. So it has to go. Yeah, we're, we're keeping it as a fact now. Yes. Whether it is or it isn't or whether it's ever been mentioned, Shailene Woodley eats clay and probably has introduced it to Aaron Rodgers at some point there. We said it. Right. And he probably thought that he was immunized once he ate said clay. There you go. Clay. <laughs> clay Im- immunization. Yeah. She's a weird cat. Like, she doesn't seem like the girlfriend of an athlete. She's kind of a tree hugger. And I heard that the reason that one of the reasons, and I'm sure Aaron has plenty of blame because there's always three sides to every story. One of the reasons that they broke up, I heard, was that she wanted him to retire. Oh. He was probably like, oh, fuck no, bitch. Like, (laughs) no, not happening. Tom Brady just retired. I need to. Now show that I'm the greatest quarterback to ever play. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah. Bye, Shailene. Yeah, see ya. Next, bitch. Later. <laughs> see you later. Speaking uh, of Packers, Packers have publicly come out and said that they want him back. One take I have. I have many. I mean, we could probably fill the whole show with it. But to me, publicly announcing something like that, a a statement like that from the Packers organization, the hidden message there is they're surrendering Jordan Love at that point. The, the, The Jordan Love pick has been surrendered, right? You can read between the lines or whatever you want to say it, but to me, that means they realize somewhere along the lines, whether it was this year or last year, that the progress isn't there for Jordan Love. I really honestly think they're like, yeah, this isn't going to work out. We cannot pass the torch here. Like they did from Brett Favre to, when they went from Favre to Rodgers, everybody knew Rodgers was good. Did we know he was going to be what he, what he became? No. Did we know that we, we were going to be in pretty damn good hands? Yeah. Was he ready? Yep. Everybody knew that. Jordan Love, I think so. I think the front office is like conceding it and saying, you know what? We thought we kind of had this diamond in the rough. We've had him in camp. We've evaluated him and it's just, it's just not there. We can't, by them saying that to me, they're saying this kid's not ready. We're not moving forward with him. That's very possible. That's one of many takes I have on this whole situation, but that was just something I thought up this week. I think that it does lead towards that, yes. If they were 100% sure that Jordan Love was the guy, I don't know that they would change the narrative. I think it's sort of like the Preston Smith thing. Remember, they are like, we expect Preston Smith to be on this roster again. But it was like, yeah, we expect Preston Smith to be on this roster again, but we're going to lowball the shit out of him on, with a contract. Yeah. yeah, We'd like him back at our cost. Now, I don't think that that's the same situation because you're not going to lowball Aaron Rodgers. I think they are playing it publicly the way that they should. They do want Aaron Rodgers back. They cannot get him back, as Ken talked about on the last episode. They cannot keep him on this contract that they have right now. Right. That whole thing would have to be restructured. And yeah, 
I mean, it's a gosh, just all the different things that have to happen in order for that to. They're fifty million over the cap. Aaron Rodgers' cap hit is forty six million, so he is the salary cap overage almost entirely on his own. They either have to restructure him and bring him back for a little bit longer term, or he can't be here. There's just it's that simple. Mm-hmm. And if he is back restructured, if you're Jordan Love, you're like, oh fuck that, I'm out. Go yeah. find me another place to play because. I'm not going to yeah. sit here behind Aaron Rodgers till the end of my rookie contract when I have no value whatsoever. Trade me right now. The fact that he hasn't ever played, I mean, does he even, I don't even know if he has the clout to to demand a trade. Like, who would want him? Well, I, I yeah, know. but do the Packers want him? No. I don't think so. I mean, because you, right, if you're committing to Aaron Rodgers, you are then saying that Jordan Love is not good enough to be our guy you might as well try to dump him for something. Oh, they have to. Yes, I mean, because would, he's going mean, to be point, worth nothing in right. two, whatever at the end of his rookie Right, He contract. can't just be a backup to, to Aaron Rodgers for no. five, six, seven years. Right. For the four years of his contract, because they certainly yeah. wouldn't take his fifth year option. Maybe someone's willing to take a gamble on him. I yeah. have a feeling behind closed doors, the word is this kid is not ready. And I mean, yeah. that word will circulate around the league, I'm sure. So does that devalue what we can get for him? I don't know. 100% it does. If the Packers are dealing him, that has to be the thought around the league, right? That he's not ready. The fact that the front office has conceded this. I mean, you know, of course, I'm playing the scenario that Rodgers does come back. You know, the whole origin of this podcast was the Jordan Love pick. Yeah, we're appreciative of Jordan Love. Like if this actually happens, it's, it's all come full circle. You know what we didn't do because we don't have Peter around to help us figure out things. We did not talk about who the podcast is about. No, we didn't. Episode 76 is the Mike Daniels episode. Of course it is because Mike Daniels wrestled. I could just leave it there. I was just going to (laughs) say, I'll let, I'll hand this part off to you now. Yeah. I'll be the historian. So Mike Daniels didn't play in the Super Bowl for Cincinnati, but was in the Super Bowl with the Cincinnati Bengals last week, which is pretty awesome. He was activated to the roster and then didn't play. Mike Daniels, interestingly enough, so Mike Daniels, when he came out of high school, was 6'1", 230 pounds. He was a two-star prospect going to Iowa. Iowa and one other school offered to him, and he chose Iowa, which was by far the better school. And he worked his way from a two-star prospect to a fourth round pick of the Packers in whatever, 2012, 2011, somewhere in there. And he had a really nice career with the Packers. He did. From an interior lineman, he averaged about five sacks a, a season with the Packers until he had that, that last season where he was hurt. Then he played in like right. nine or 10 games or something that year. And then he went to Detroit and then played another oh, nine really? games. Yeah. Played, played a year with Detroit, but only played like half the season. And I thought his career his career was essentially over, yeah. to be honest, at that yeah. point. He played a couple of games with the Bengals in the COVID season this year, spent a lot of time on their practice squad. But you because Mike Daniels wrestled, he is. Right. Yes, he is. 76. Episode 76 for sure. So that shit's way out of order, but that's all right. But yeah, again, we don't have Peter here to. Keep us in line. So there's this is just going to be kind of all over the place. Let's do 21, 22 year in review. 
I can't wait to get to the Boot and Cross part, but let's start with the offense, defense, that kind of thing. Your thoughts on the Packers offensively in 21-22. Let's give them a grade. Jeez. I guess overall, I'm going to have to say the biggest thing for me offensively that was just excruciating to watch was the red zone offense. That to me was the biggest void or, or, or whatnot. But I believe that that part of the offense was who knows what their rank was, you know, as far as red zone offense, offensive scoring was. I just really felt like that was one of the worst parts of their offense. So I I would have to give them just a solid B. Obviously, they were 10th in points scored, you know, top third, whatever. But yeah, I I think the red zone for me gives them a, a B. I'll just start with the grade. I also think it was a B. I thought that the Packers when we watched them this year, we're building to win playoff games and win a Super Bowl. And I know I said the word balance about 3 million times on the podcast this season, but that I thought was going to be the key to the Packers being able to play cold weather games and beat teams in the playoffs was to run the ball with Jones, run the ball with Dylan spread the ball around. Now that's something they didn't do. And that's one of the reasons that they ended up losing right to San Francisco is the absolute dependence on Devonte Adams. They didn't run the ball super efficiently. Once Dylan went on to the game. Now that says something to how important Dylan is going forward. I thought it was a solid B as well. I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers, even though he won the MVP was as good as he was last year. I thought there were some real flashes of, Ooh-wee, like bad decision-making. Now, I didn't throw the picks that most quarterbacks would throw, but spread the ball around, Aaron. There is a reason why we are undefeated when Devontae Adams doesn't play, and that's because you can't focus on your guy, and you have to throw the ball to someone else. Yeah, the the more I think about it, too, I mean, along with the red zone deficiencies, I really felt like there wasn't – I mean – the expectation was that Dylan was going to kind of, I think we could probably classify this as his breakout season, right? Yes. That's always been an expectation of him. So I think he's, he's already met that expectation. Nobody else stepped forward, I guess is my point. It's the same MVS experiment is going on. Nothing new there. He did not take a step forward. They brought in Cobb. I love Randall Cobb. Rogers wanted him here. They got him here. I thought that was going to be a good solution to the slot he's got to retire you know it hurts me to say that because i love that dude but we didn't get that production out of him right and then and then i thought well this he would have been a great mentor for amari rogers and then you see amari rogers out on the field whoa i mean let's get to that whoa. later because we're going to grade the rookies too but i'm with but you yeah, anyway so to wrap that up that that was the other thing i saw about the offense is no one no one no one else really stepped up defensively I don't think in the last, I don't know, five, six years before this year that you would say that the Packers defense is going to win us games, especially not last year and the year before. My God, we were just hoping that they could stop a team once or twice and the offense would continue to roll over teams. This year, the defense was very solid. The addition of Devondre Campbell and Razul Douglas plus Eric Stokes Chris Barnes played okay. There's a lot of defensive players that stepped up their game. Dean Lowry, who we fucking hate on the average, Chiefs. 
was really good this year. I think that all revolves around the new defensive coordinator in Barry. I think that he is putting the Packers and whoever they have out there in the position to be successful. Now, the overall talent was very similar with the exception of Campbell and Douglas, but the production was far better. I think this is, if I'm giving it a grade, I think this is an A minus, especially considering no Zadarius Smith. Whitney Merciless, who they brought in, got hurt almost immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, you were missing guys and you still had a better defense than you've had in a very long time. Yeah. I mean, their their PFF grade was third. Is that crazy? We never third. would say that. Yeah. You know? We're not third if it isn't for Campbell and Douglas. There's no chance. Like I stated earlier on the offense, waiting for that players to kind of make that next step in their in their game where it didn't happen on the offensive side of the ball. It did happen on the defensive side of the ball. With Campbell and Douglas. I mean, those were just, I mean, Campbell, the expectation was like, okay, this is our guy. This is our guy. This is our guy. And then it was like, whoa, this is the guy. Awesome. We've been waiting for this since Blake Martinez departed. He scored second in, in PFF in all linebacker uh, inside. He linebacker. was an all pro. That's yeah. a big honor, Devondre Campbell. I mean, and didn't make the Pro Bowl, but anyways, yeah, that's, a, stupid. that's a shit show. Obviously, Stokes, you know, I, I think they were trying to, you know, before before Alexander was hurt. I think they were trying to kind of get him into games and kind of have a rotation, maybe with Sullivan too, just to kind of get his feet wet. And then as soon as Alexander went on, I was like, dude, you're up. Yeah. Next I, man. Thought, I thought Stokes, but I mean, you know, we talked about him a lot on the show. I think we all know it's locating the ball for Eric Stokes. Uh, you gave him an A minus. The defense A minus. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go B plus, And the only reason I'm going to say that is because I really feel like Gary was, what was he? Fifth. PFF? Yes, fifth. Of course, you know, we talked about his sack production or lack thereof, but, you know, he had 81 pressures, I believe, um, yeah. for uh, a quarterback. Pre- I, next year, I want to see the quarterback pressures go down and the sack total go up. He has to start turning, converting the pressures into sacks. And so, yeah, I, I felt as a team that was kind of something I didn't really jive with so I, I would give him a b plus on that do we really need to grade the special teams there's a big fucking f we don't, <laughs> we don't need to go forward any farther than that because we're just wasting time we've talked about this eight thousand times on the show folks if you are listening for the first PFF, time great. go back and listen to any episode from about the middle of the season on and yeah. you'll have our thoughts on the special teams and crosby had his lowest pff grade of his career I mean, shockingly. Let's talk about guys we think are going to move on and stuff next week because I think, I think that's an oh, easy one. Oh, easy. Yeah, there. Easily. I mean, I might, I might sell my stocks if it's not. So you sell your two stocks? I'll give you a couple of pennies for your two yeah. stocks. I mean, come on. There's no way he comes back. Does you want to grade the off- back? What's that? Do you think, well, I know we're going to talk about this next week, but since we are talking special teams a little bit, Bajorquez? Uh, Bajorquez is a free agent, and it's something we'll have to talk about because there's money involved. Really? Hmm. I don't know that I, they're going to have to put, bring someone back. They can't just, you know, go for it every, <laughs> every time. So someone's going to have to. You're all people. fired. You're all gone. Yeah. Do um, they do that? They, you ever see that when, like, you know, corporations bring every like the HR team brings everybody into a room. It's like, here's your package. 
you're all fired. Yeah, they should do that with those special teams. Well, and they have, right? They I mean, yeah. Mo Drayton. Mo Drayton got rid gone. of his assistant also. Have they, uh, have they backfilled that yet? Yeah, Rich Bisaccia, brother. You heard oh, it dude, here I first. I didn't know that. On the average we talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week, too. All right. Let's give the offensive coaching, the defensive coaching staff. We don't need to give the special teams coaching staff a grade. We already know what that no. is. No. I will go first on offense. Now, I know that this is, you know, Luke Getze, and they, they all, all the offensive guys have moved on, right? They're in different places. Getze's in Chicago. Uh, what's Except his name? The, the line coach is now the coordinator. Yeah, Stenovich is now the offensive coordinator. But we know this is Matt LaFleur's offense. So I'm really giving Matt LaFleur an offensive coaching staff grade right here, and I will give him a B. I feel like some of the creativity that we saw last year kind of fell apart especially in the game Love was quarterbacking and there was no adjustment going on there. That pre-snap motion that we saw a lot of times with Tyler Irvin yep, didn't see gone. that as much this year, right? I thought that was gone Pretty too. much non-existent with the I think there, Right. I think there were a lot of things that they did not adjust to. And you talked about it a couple of times. If you're throwing, especially in, in the divisional game, where the hell is Mercedes Lewis? When you've got guys that are getting just bum rushed on a pass rush, why are you not putting an extra tackle in Mercedes Lewis back there? Why are you asking Aaron Jones to block 270 pound men coming at him? None of that made sense. I don't think that in this season that he was able to, and I don't want to call it rain in Aaron Rodgers, but I feel like he didn't have as much control of the offense when it was important. And I think Rodgers took over and did basically what he wanted. I think that pass in the game against San Francisco where he just forced it to Adams, I feel like that. Now, I know that's not play calling, but I feel like he has lost a bit of control when it comes to the offense because Rodgers takes over. So I will give him a B. I think I'm going to have to agree on the grade uh, as far as a B. And I think, too, I think what you mentioned was kind of the way I see it, too, is just like the the – I don't want to call it like maybe like a lack of creativity. And again, it seemed like he just did not have, it was kind of like the same stuff in the red zone. Right. And I know I already mentioned the red zone when we graded the offense, but again, it it falls on the floor. Those are his, he should have those plays, red zone plays already scripted, ready to go. And Hey, I mean, sometimes it's, Backyard football, just script something up, man, to get the ball into the end zone, into the right players. I don't know. It just seemed very mundane in, in the red zone. Um, yeah, that's that's how I would come up with my grade for him. Uh, hopefully, I think, and, and I, I want to say that, especially in the San Francisco game, but there was a few other games where he he got out coached. that he lost the chess game with the other head coach. So whether they won or lost, I feel like he got out coached a couple times. Agreed. Yeah, you're going to have bad games. And that's. The, and I thought he had a couple, like you just said. And we are grading the whole season as an entirety, right? If you look at the regular season, I'd say that first game, too, was a fucking nightmare. Like, they weren't ready at all in that game. And I know we don't go back to that much because it happened so long ago in September. But they got blasted by a team. Yeah, by the Saints. Know, God, by that the Saints. was bad. So we definitely need to give a, a defensive grade. I mean, I'll just be quick with him. I mean, I... I'm going to actually give him an A. Third in the NFL, PFF uh, grade. The job at hand for him was to come in and turn the, turn this thing around. And he did. He put the, the pieces in, in place. I really felt he had a great year as a defensive coordinator. It's something that we've needed for 
many years. And I think he's, I think it's his job, job for, for a while. I hope. I mean, you lose the Darius Smith, you lose Jair Alexander, yep. you lose Whitney Merciless, who is the backup. You are now yep. playing guys like Chauncey Rivers and Tipa Nalier, and you, you're playing guys that shouldn't be playing snaps. You're yep. playing Ty Summers in a game. You're playing oh God. Isaiah McDuffie. You're pl- you know what I mean? You're playing Vernon Burns. Scott and Henry Black. You're playing backups, and you're still producing. Yep. And I think you did a hell of a job. You did. No question. We're not doing special teams. F, <laughs> moving on. Moving General on. manager, Brian, and we're just going to call him Gutenkraus for the sake of that's what we always call him. Does everyone know why? Well, wasn't it Jerry Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we're, it's our comparison to that debacle of a front office, I guess. Do you want me to give him a grade or do you want to go first? I don't know how you can look at Devondre Campbell. Shit heap. Razul Douglas. Shit heap. Corey Bohorquez. Not shit heap, but traded for him when they were cutting their punter. Those three guys, plus Eric Stokes, who had to be cornerback one, very good draft pick. I'd say Josh Myers is going to be the center for the next seven or eight years in Green Bay. Really good draft pick. Whitney Merciless pulling him from Houston, Randall Cobb and getting the Texans to pay like six million of that stupid eight million dollar salary that Randall Cobb made this year. When you look at all the things that he's done just in this year, I think he's an A. I don't know how you can say it any differently. You have an all pro linebacker that every team had a shot at. And he pulled that and made that happen. Razul Douglas was a practice squad guy who was in the top. He was 16 in the cornerback ratings in PFF 16. That means he was cornerback one on half of the league with his grade. I think that's spectacular. I think he did a great job. Now you can argue about years past the whole Jordan love thing. We were pissed at that and probably will be forever and ever. But this year I got to give him an A. You can give him a C or something. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to disagree with anything that you said, right? I mean, it's all very factual. I, I, I can't disagree with any of that. Those were some really good moves. Gosh, I never really looked at it to that perspective. But for me, I remember when we were doing the one thing that stands out for me is I remember when we were doing the draft show the pick comes to the Packers and they say Eric Stokes. And we're like, I think if you replayed it, we're like, what? Yes. Like right away. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Fisher reaction was not positive. Right. We were like, what? You know, the more that, you know, kind of the more we do the show, the more you kind of like dig into football and the Packers and, you know, just all these different perspectives when you really start digging through things it reminds me of something that peter said actually i don't remember his exact words in, or what episode but i remember him going back and saying like how rare is it to get a starting corner out of the draft i mean it's like a really high performer it's hard to find that i mean we got lucky with i don't want to say lucky we got jair alexander great draft pick he's going to be around a long time it's the one position in football that's just so hard to find and so hard to fill for such a, you know, for a period of time for me. So when, when I, when I kind of tie it all back to Gutenkraus, um, 
I don't think I can give him a B. I, I mean, an A just based on, uh, you know, his his previous reputation. Well, I mean, if it's based on the season, maybe it is an A. Maybe it is an A based on this season. But yeah, I, I think the Stokes pick really worked out. You know, he's got some some growing to do, obviously. But yeah, that that was a brilliant pick. I really think that anchored a lot of things, especially when Alexander went out. I thought it was. I thought the defense was fucked after that. After Alexander was out. So I just want to clarify, you are giving Gutenkraus an A. Is that right? I'm going to leave this in the episode as long as you're pausing right now. So I'm going to say yes. No comment. No comment? No. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Even though your no comment means A to me. Mm-hmm. So let's really quickly. No, I did not write down what grades we gave the rookies. I kind of remember. I remember. So if we start with Eric Stokes, we talked about him a little bit. Eric Stokes, we all gave him a B. You know, we were not happy when the when the draft happened. We we're like, what? We could have went defensive lineman. Why yeah. didn't we go defensive lineman there? But Eric Stokes turned out to be a very good pick. We gave yeah. him a B initially. What are your thoughts now? What do you give Eric Stokes after the season is over? I think I'd keep it. I do. I think I would keep that grade. I would agree. He's got to find the football. Yes. It's a B. Yeah. He was ranked 44th out of all the cornerbacks in PFF, and that's cornerback two. I mean, that's basically how he grades out, and I can live with that all day long. He is cornerback two. Josh Myers, I think we were a little less high on Josh Myers when we picked him out of Ohio State in the second round. Now, he started off better, but he ended up with a very low PFF grade. He was one of the lowest-rated centers in the league. I saw that, so... Yeah, just so uh, everyone's aware, Average Cheese has actually upgraded themselves to the, a PFF subscription. So Look at us doing research. Well, pretty cool. There you are. And they get 50% off for vets, so that's even better. Yeah, yay PFF. Isn't this Collinsworth's platform? Your buddy Collinsworth coming through again Dude, for you. Who knows what the, the, that guy's like in real life, but like I, I still just don't like listening to him as an announcer. <laughs> PFF is legitimate, man. I was really happy. I mean, usually when you get a veteran's discount, it's like, I don't know, I get like 10% at Home Depot or something, but like, I was like 50%? Shit. All over that. <laughs> yeah. We now have PFF. So yes, back to do. Josh Myers. Back to um, Josh Myers. Yeah. Josh Myers, 33rd. The yeah. problem we ran into was Creed Humphrey, who Peter really liked, right, was the highest rated center as a rookie in PFF. And we could have had... Yeah. It was when I when I looked in PFF, a couple of the grades kind of jumped out at me. Savage was the other one, but but Myers was the other one. I was like, oh damn. I didn't think he was that bad. So if we're giving him a grade, you want to give Myers a grade first? I think I gotta go with a C. He was serviceable. I mean, he got hurt too. So it's really hard to say. I'm gonna have to say C. I'll go C plus. I'm with you on that. I I was I didn't think he was as bad as this PFF grade shows and i thought he was solid i never thought he looked really really bad i mean we're talking about we'll talk about royce newman in a minute but you know he wasn't like turnstile bad so c plus for me c for you let's move on to the next draft pick amari rogers who we all gave an a or an a minus when the draft happened back in march i'll give him a d the only reason he's not an f is because you know at the end of the season when the special teams were in a complete disarray he did end up just catching the ball so that's why he's not enough. A very low bar. Yeah, it was pretty. It, he 
when I saw him in the preseason and stuff, I thought, man, this guy looks like th- this is it. This is it. This is the guy. You know, this is going to be another weapon for Rodgers. He's going to be a perfect slot guy. He's going to be able to run, you know, in the jet sweep. He's going to be a dynamic player. They can do all kinds of stuff with this guy. I thought it was another uh, San Francisco, like Eagle a Debo Samuel. Samuel or something mm-hmm. like that. Not with the, that type of speed, but I thought, hey, this this might be one of those types of players. And man, he, he looked lost. Yeah. yeah, he looked completely lost when he was out there. He gets a D from me. I don't know what they're going to do with him, to be honest. I mean, I think he I think he had that bad of a year where they might be looking like, eh, are you ever going to get anything out of a guy like that? I don't know. But it was that bad. For me, I'm even going to go lower. But part of it is we go back to what we gave Lafleur and talking about how his lack of creativity lowered his grade. If yeah. you have a guy like Amari Rogers. He has that same body style, same body that Debo Samuel does. Why are we not handing the ball once in a while to Amari Rodgers on the jet sweep or even out of the backfield? That's what we talked about when he was drafted, how versatile this guy was going to be. And all he became was a kick and punt returner, which he was really fucking bad at. No, he, he's slow. He's, he's slow. That's going to be a problem for sure. And we talked about it again when we graded him in the draft, four or five speed. The other thing, and and finally for me, is having Randall Cobb here in Green Bay hurt Amari Rogers' development rather than helped it. Yeah. While you would hope that Randall Cobb would mentor him, I also think he took snaps and important snaps that Rogers could have gotten at some point, and he never got them, and he never got on the field enough, and I think that hurt him. Yeah. But I'll just say D minus. Super disappointed. I gave him an A minus when we drafted him. He was terrible. Royce Newman started a ton of games at right guard for the Packers this year, which I would never have thought when they drafted him. We were not very high on him when he was drafted. Thoughts on Royce Newman? He finished, what, 62nd? So out of how many? Like 119 guards or something like that, sort of in the middle. I don't know. I think he, I mean, for a rookie, I think he stepped into a really tough situation as far as that school so that whole offensive line squad was this year with the injuries and people moving around back and forth on both sides of the, of the football so i don't know it was he great no i mean he had some i remember a couple of just complete whiffs yeah like where he just like completely missed assignments and the guy had a clear shot at rogers but i would go with a c plus i would agree well first of all he had a rookie center next to him when myers started right. And then he got hurt. And then there was this whole like shuffling of the deck. And he was hurt by that because you can be covered up by a good center and a good tackle on either side of you. And guys do get covered up by that. But Mm -hmm. he was really kind of out on his own and he got whipped a couple of times. But he did play better than I expected. He is a better player than I expected. Now, going forward, I'm not sure that he plays for the Packers. I mean, I think you'll play and be on the roster. And we'll talk about that next week, maybe. But you get Elton Jenkins back. Right. Runyon is, a, I would say, a far superior player to Royce Newman. And you throw Runyon on the right side. And now you've got some real solid linemen again in Green Bay. But I'll give him a C plus just like you. Oh, my guy, TJ Slayton, I'll go first. Now, he didn't play a ton, right? He got about 10, 11 snaps a game. Sometimes he'd get five. Sometimes he'd get 13, but he didn't get a ton of snaps. And that's what we had talked about when he was drafted. This is a one or two down guy. 
He is not yeah. going to be a pass rusher. He is going to be in there to stuff the run. Now, did I think he played enough? No, I said that many times during the season. That being said, for a man of his size, he gets run in the wrong direction a lot. Like once he gets moving in a direction, he struggles to anchor himself. He is really that zero technique guy right on the center. I don't like the way the Packers played him outside, like in that guard tackle. And sometimes I don't like that. He needs to play directly over the nose. I thought he was miscast in the defense a bit. That said, I, I don't think he was great this year. As excited as I was to have him, I think he's a C minus D plus for this season. There wasn't a lot of production, even out of the snaps he got. Yeah, it's hard to give him a grade when when he didn't he didn't see a whole lot of them. I mean, there there was a few, especially towards the end of the year. There was a few bright spots. Yeah, I would agree with you on the grade. I mean, the rest of the guys, I think, are all incompletes, right? Shamar John Charles, Cole Van Lannon, Isaiah McDuffie, Kylan Hill. None of them saw enough time during the season and got real snaps to have grades. And to be fair, when you are a playoff team, your fifth, sixth, and seventh round guys probably aren't going to get a lot of snaps because they just aren't good enough right now to get snaps on a good team. You know, I'm a little disappointed that Kylan Hill got hurt, and yeah. I worry that that injury is going to affect him long term because a knee injury to a running back is a real problem. I think he was going to turn out to be a steal, but he just never got a chance to show that after any of you got hurt. Yeah, I think that's going to be a problem. I think you got to give Shamar. G- Gene Charles and uh, McDuffie, I think you got to give them Fs as well because they were part of the special teams. They Anybody never, who was on those. Did, did McDuffie ever make a tackle all season I long I don't on know. special teams? I don't know. Let's look. I don't know that yeah, he we, did. We now have PFF. Oh, we do. But you it know, just gives you rankings, really. It doesn't really give you the... Isaiah McDuffie was drafted to play special teams. He was not drafted to be... He only had one snap on the defense. Well, right. And I don't care about that. I'm talking about special teams wise. Like he played a ton of special team snaps yeah. and he didn't, he didn't do anything on a bad special teams unit. He's incomplete on defense. I give him an F on special teams. Charles too, F (laughs) anyone associated with the special teams, except for Corey Bajorquez, which we'll, who we'll talk about in a minute. Oh God. All right. Yeah, let's go. So the three main free agents, and we'll finish it off here. The three main free agents, Devondre Campbell, Razul Douglas, Corbo Horquez, those are the three big guys that they brought in that were not on the roster last year, that weren't rookies. Devondre Campbell, A+. Plus. I mean, yeah. what's left to be said? Other Nothing. than, you know, he, I think, man, one of the, and maybe I should have mentioned this during, while well, we were talking about the defense more, but one of the things I think that is still lacking on that, defense and maybe it was because of the absence of Zadarius Smith this year is a leader there doesn't seem to be that captain on the field the person who's like getting in guys ear holes or like holding it together and running the defense and so I think Devondre Campbell was just more focused on like the job at hand right he had enough shit to deal with. Like, but having said that, I think, you know, you know, look at the year he had, it was insane. I mean, I would have to give him obviously an A plus, but I hope that my hope is that for next year, 
he steps into that leadership role because I don't think Zadarius Smith's going to be around anymore. He was Plus. spectacular. Yeah, everywhere. Being an all pro after not being in anyone's camp, pulling him out of the garbage, that was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. And if there's anybody that the Packers need to sign, oh God, Devondre yeah. Campbell. Yeah, there's no debate over that. He's a difference maker. He's a smart player. He's a fast player. And he's a sure tackler. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that's his length. He's yes. He is really unusual. Yeah. Un- unusual for an inside linebacker. Yeah. Very unusual size. You know, the Micah Parsons was the number one PFF guy, but he is not as good against the run or against the pass. And I'm not talking about rushing the passer. I'm talking about dropping back into coverage. Yeah. Devondre Campbell is far better than yeah. Micah Parsons in both of those things. The yeah. Packers don't ask Devondre Campbell or whoever's playing in the middle to rush the quarterback. He's never going to have spectacular sack totals. That's never going to happen with Green Bay. He did the job they asked him to do at yep. a far higher level than anyone could ever have expected. Yep. So A+, plus. <laughs> let's just let's Easily. move on. Razul Douglas, I will give an A too. And maybe it's the expectations of Razul Douglas, but – when Alexander goes down, you think, okay, Stokes moves up to one, and then what? Kevin King? That's your number two. Shandon Sullivan is in the slot. You start talking about guys, and you're like, wow. Razul Douglas changed the way they could play defense. They could yeah. count on him to make plays, and he made plays over and over and over again. Yeah. I mean, talk That's, about notes for the football. Yeah. Too. I mean – he just always seemed to be in the right place at the right time and putting himself in, in positions to make plays. I mean, he is a playmaker on the field. I mean, what a complete career turnaround yeah. for this guy. I mean, just, and yeah, you, you got to look at guys like Campbell and him and just think it's got to be Barry. It has to have something to do with this. I mean, that's the common denominator here, right? I agree with the grade and a for sure for, for Rizal Douglas. I mean, that was Christine Alexander go down. You're thinking, man, who else is there? And then you pull out Rizul Douglas and you're like, oh, wow, this guy had a really great game. And But he was consistent all year. He could be depended on. He was putting up numbers. He was making plays. I mean, it was very consistent production throughout the year for him. You know, we would talk about guys like Kevin King. You're like, oh, Kevin King had a really good game this game. And then the next week, you're like, oh, my God, fucking Kevin King. Shannon Sullivan, same thing. You're like, gosh, Shannon Sullivan played a nice game this week. And then for three weeks, he would completely suck. And you didn't see that out of Razul Douglas. Every week, solid game. You know, he didn't have a pick in every game because that's not what happens. You don't do that in the NFL. What did he end up with? Six or seven picks. He had at least two for for touchdowns. And that big pick in the game against uh, Arizona at the end. Yeah, that was was a great catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an amazing catch. Fingertip grab. All right, and let's finish this off with our last guy, Corey Bajorquez, and then we'll call it an episode. What are your thoughts, grade-wise, on Corey Bajorquez? He finished, seven, what, 17th, PFF-wise? I mean, I know my uh, Bajorquez rant was very expensive, so I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to make a budget for myself for these episodes. So Budget? You got to budget your Corey? I got to budget, like for Bahorquez, uh, he just seems so mistake prone. And I know that's throwing a lot on him because of the 
you know, the blocked punt in, in the divisional game against the 49ers, but it just, it, whether it was the holds and, and there were, he had some terrible holds, terrible. Now, is it his fault? He can't hold a fucking football for yes. Yes, it is. If that's your job and you can't do it, then yes, it is. Yeah. But like my solution all along was put Jordan love back there. Put in some other fucking turd, someone who's got some hands. Was he responsible for some of those uh, shitty kicks by by Crosby? I think so. I think he was. Not all of them, because I'm not letting Crosby off the hook. I think he had a lot to do with a, a lot of those misses. And he just seems like untrustworthy is, is how I would categorize him. I get nervous. Can he bomb a kick out of the fucking stadium? Yep. Hell yeah, he can. Did he have a shitty coach? Yep. He did. And now he's gone. So if it weren't for the fact that he could bomb kicks, I'd probably give him a D or an F. But I, I'd probably give him like a C, even though I hope they get rid of him. I was super high on him. And it went. It's, it was really strange how his season went. Kick Just punting the ball. Doing yeah. that part of his job, he started right. off mashing balls. He averaged like 50-something yards per kick. And right. for a guy that prided himself on being able to punt in the cold, he couldn't. Yeah. He did not punt the ball well in the cold weather. I mean, yeah. take away that block punt, which isn't his fault. He didn't punt the ball well down the stretch, and that's when you need guys to, to step up, and he did not. I do think he had a piece of the whole Mason Crosby missing kicks thing. I do. For that reason, I'll give him a C. If you'd asked me eight weeks into the season, I'd have been like B plus, A minus. Yeah. But all of a sudden, everything started going south, and that was really, really strange. I don't know if he'll be back on the roster, and we'll talk about that next week. But, yeah, he's not a guarantee, that's for sure. Yeah. Is he better than J.K. Scott? Oh, fuck, yes, he is. Yeah. No, No question. So I'll go with the same grade as you. Any other thoughts before we let it go? No, man. It was a good show. Thanks for listening to episode 76 of the Average Cheese Podcast. Yeah, but you didn't say which one it was. The Mike Daniels edition. There you go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.